Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this day that you are faithful, that you keep your promises, and that we can be certain of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that this is going to be shocking to many of you and unsurprising to others. And I waited to share this story until after your confirmation instruction was done. But I had a reputation when I was in junior high. I was a difficult confirmation student. And I was the difficult confirmation student in the exact opposite way in which you were difficult confirmation students. I was difficult because I kept interrupting the pastor with questions that caused him to trip. Some of those questions were worthy questions and others were just annoying. I'll be honest with you. My father left our family when I was in fifth grade. And when I got to confirmation, I was trying to convince myself and the world that no one could love me. And so I tested my youth directors and my pastors. By the way, they passed with flying colors. But I remember studying the small catechism and coming across these words, this is most certainly true, and thinking to myself and saying to my pastor, that's kind of arrogant, isn't it? Yes, I know. Even as a junior higher, I use that word. That's kind of arrogant, isn't it? This idea that someone could claim the certainty of truth was something that took a while to work its way into my faith and my understanding. And how grateful I am that it became clear to me that the reason it could be so certain was because it relied not on me, not on what I thought, not on what I believed, but on the very promises of Almighty God, which were and are trustworthy. Today we're going to focus most of our attention on Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is the inspiration for Martin Luther's famous uh, hymn for Reformation Sunday, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And it's an important idea to understand. And confirmance, this is especially important for you as you continue this journey through life to recognize that in difficult times, God is a fortress. That is, God is the place where you can find protection and peace. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So often in the um, immaturity of our faith, we expect that what God will do because he loves us is make our lives easy and without difficulty. Now, any level of experience at all, including the experience that you've confirmants have had in your short lives, I know it feels like you're older now, but believe me, it's been a short life for you so far, but I bet even you can look back and no hard times and no struggles and no pain, and maybe even know some hopelessness and disillusionment in moments. Life 
can and is and probably will be hard, painful. And yet we're told God is the place we can go for refuge. God is the one when we're out of strength and out of hope who can give us strength. And that's the clarity of this psalm, this this hymn of the church in the Old Testament to remember that God is the place we can turn in trouble. This is most certainly true. He's available. He's here. He's present. The promise of God, the promise of Jesus to be with us in the form of the Holy Spirit, to live in us and be with us in all times, good and bad, even when we doubt. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I remember in those dark days after my dad left, I remember the despair that I felt. I remember the struggle that was a part of my young life at the time. And there have been many other times when life is difficult, when it feels like God is absent. It feels like I'm alone. It feels like I'm the only one. And in those moments, and in those feelings, I cannot think my way out of it, but I can remember that God is almighty. I can remember that he is our protector, our fortress, as I cling to his promises that outweigh the darkness of my feelings. We're reminded in this psalm, come and see what God has done. It's a refrain that exists throughout the scripture. It's a refrain that especially is heard throughout the Old Testament. This idea of when we're in this dark place, in this hard place, to remember what God has done so that we can remember what God can and will do in our lives. We look back to see that he has been faithful And it gives us the hope and the assurance that in our life, in these dark moments, he will continue to be faithful. Your hope for the future can be assured in the knowledge that God knows the future he holds for you. It is encouraging. Now, there's another thing that's really clear. At at, at Joe's uh, ordination last week, I had a theological type person come up to me and ask me the question, why do we say in the confession uh, we are in bondage to sin when we also say that we have been forgiven and are free in Christ? That doesn't make any sense. To which I said, simul justus et peccator. It's Latin. It's it's one of those phrases that comes out of the Reformation. It's actually one of the key ideas in the Reformation that at the same time we are sim, we are at the same time both saint and sinner. We live in the paradox of being sinners who are declared righteous. Hear this again. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus for all 
who believe. Now, I could try to stand up here and convince each one of you confirmants that you're sinners, but honestly, it wouldn't be hard because you already know it. You already know the shortcomings and brokenness that is in your life. You already know when you act in ways you shouldn't and when you fail to do things you should. And all of us are aware of our brokenness. We're reminded that, that the righteousness of God, the declaration of our forgiveness, the, the faithfulness of God's love does not depend on us not being sinners. But in the midst of that reality, we are given the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus. That's the promise of the Reformation. You may remember, if you ever saw the movie of Martin Luther, that when his life started, or when his journey started as a, as a quote-unquote man of God, it started in the midst of a storm, a very violent lightning storm where he thought he was about to die, and he bargains with God. And he says, God, if you will just save my life as lightning is striking the trees around him, I'll, I'll become a monk. I'll, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And God spares his life, and he does become a monk. But he lived in the fear of God's wrath. And as he continued to journey deep into the scripture, as he began to see the truths of the promises of God, especially in the writings of Paul in Romans, he began to realize that God is a God of love. Now he knew from Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He knew that he fell short. He was very aware of that. Matter of fact, he wore out his confessor, that is the person he went to confess his sins while he was in the monastery. He wore him out with all the sins he would confess, thinking he had to remember every single one until he realized that we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Yes, you're a sinner. And yes, you're forgiven. And yes, you are declared right with God because of his love and because of the death of Jesus on the cross. This justification by faith that is, again, a hallmark phrase of our Lutheran theology... Uh, uh, takes on an interesting meaning. I grabbed this slide from last year's uh, uh, sermon. The term justified describes what happens when people believe in Christ as their Savior. From the negative viewpoint, God declares them not guilty, taking away their sin. From the positive viewpoint, God declares us to be righteous. He cancels the guilt of our sins and credits us with his righteousness. Now, last year when I did this, the whole congregation, having been very well steeped in Lutheranism, were very happy with the idea that we are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. But when I asked them for that same amen, when I said, you are righteous... Hey, hesitated a little bit. It's like, oh, don't, don't take it too far. 
We, we need to grasp the paradox. You need to understand this truth. Yes, you are a sinner, as am I. And yes, you are declared righteous before God because of Jesus. So you can say, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I'm justified. And you can even say, yes, I am righteous because of Jesus. Amen? Well, again, not quite as strong, but we're building it up. We're trying to get there. And I'm trying to encourage your confirmants to realize the truth of Romans that tells us that the blood of Jesus atones for our sins. You don't have to wallow in guilt anymore. You can let it go because of this promised work of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's go back and just realize God's statement about you. You are forgiven. Now I want to ask you in the back of your minds, do you believe that? Do you feel it? Or are your feelings conflicted by the knowledge of your sin? Do you accept in heart and mind the declaration of God, you are forgiven? I want want us to, to go back and remember that this is most certainly true, especially when we need it the most. When we have the most doubts, when we're experiencing the most darkness, when we're struggling the most, I want us to remember this promise that the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Even emotionally and relationally, God is with us in the struggles and in the darkness. In this Psalm 46, if you look at it carefully, and by the way, confirmants, I encourage you to go back and look again at Psalm 46. Parents, remind your confirmants to go back and look again at Psalm 46 because one of the realities of this Psalm is it not only reminds us that God is a refuge, it reminds us that storms come. The storm referred to in the psalm is so great that the mountains are falling into the seas. It's utter chaos, including wars. And then it moves. And it says, be still and know that I am God. When your life is most chaotic... When you are most uncertain about the circumstances swirling around you and an uncertainty about what the future holds, remember, take a breath, be still and know that the God who loves you is with you. That the God who makes this promise to you will never abandon you. And no matter what the chaos is, he can give you peace in the midst of the storm or you can sing an hallelujah in the midst of the storm. 
and you will encounter some storms. But his promise is good. In the beginning of COVID, uh, I, I, I was and I am serving on the ministry board for Lutheran Congregations and Mission for Christ. And we recognized that a lot of our pastors were struggling when the sh- church was shut down. Not only where we were, but, but literally all over the country and all over the world, pastors who are used to being pastors who were said, don't meet with your people, were really struggling. And, and we came up with just this little phrase to encourage them. God's got this. Remember in the midst of your life in the coming days, confirmants. Remember in the midst of finishing high school and trying to figure out what you're going to do next. Remember in the midst of being broken up with by your boyfriend or girlfriend. Remember God's got this. His promise is true. And this is most certainly true. Say that with me. With me. This is most certainly true. God not only has the circumstance in which we live, it's important that we remember. Even with Job, in the midst of he, the disaster that was Job's life, uh, we read in our readings uh, through this last week, this certainty, I know that my Redeemer lives. That was Old Testament, folks. Job is considered one of the oldest books in the New Testament. He had lost his entire family and all of his wealth, and he still proclaimed, I know that my Redeemer lives. God's got this, and he's got you. It's great to know that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. But it's even better to know that God so loved the world that he loves you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. And he's got you. This is most certainly true. Amen? Amen. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand as we sing about our living hope.